0: Hi everybody and welcome back to the show. It's so wonderful to have you here. I hope that you're enjoying this lead up to the holiday season. This is really my favorite time of year and I'm really really grateful to be here in Austin and be near my family and near the amazing community that is here in Austin. We're so happy we moved here. It was one of those intuitive nudges that I got last summer, summer of 2019. I never thought Steph, my husband, would move to Austin because he's an ocean baby growing up on the coast of Australia. Never thought I'd give him away from the oceans, but luckily there's a lot of lakes here. We just really we got the news we had to move out of our place in San Diego and I'd been flirting with Austin for so long and we made the move and you know we we ended up moving here right when quarantine started and we all learned about covid so it was a interesting landing but over time we really really found our footing here and just very 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 grateful to be in such a thriving place and I know many of you right now aren't in that situation. And you're in a place where you have strict lockdown requirements. You can't see your family or friends. You're choosing not to see family and friends. We're all, in, we're all navigating this time the best we can. And there's a couple things that I want to say. One, can we be less judgmental of each other in terms of how we're navigating this Everybody is having a different experience this year, and it's tempting to project our own opinions or our own experience onto someone else, but we never know their situation. We never know their circumstances. So can we be compassionate? Can we be kind? Can we offer people information without tearing them apart, without being judgmental of their choices, without shaming? I've found you know in this time this year there's been so much kindness and so much beauty and so much awakening but i've also noticed that there's been a lot of yelling at each other especially on social media i i look at other people's posts that are maybe expressing their opinion about something and people just attack each other and i get that there's a lot of anger there's a lot of pain there's a lot of opinions there's a lot of truth. There's a lot of everything. And I just invite you to consider that as a light worker and as someone who's here to really elevate the consciousness of the planet, can you one, not attack yourself? Can you really be aware of when you're doing that, when your own inner critic comes up? When you're attacking yourself over something you said or something you didn't say or something you did or something you didn't do, and you're just being hard on yourself, can you have more compassion? Can you stop attacking yourself? Can you stop judging yourself so harshly? And two, can you stop judging others so harshly? We can educate and inform and converse without the judgment and the attack. And three, when someone judges or even attacks you, can you not take it personally? Can you say, all right, what is here for me to learn? Is there a point here that's good that I need to take into consideration? Or is this really just someone projecting their anger, their frustration, their fill in the blank onto me? And I need to just put up my energetic shield, not take it personally, not then go attack myself because I've been attacked not go grovel and try to get the other person to understand me or be on my side or any of those things? Can I just not take it personally? So we're becoming spiritually stronger in so many ways, not just spiritually stronger, emotionally stronger, mentally stronger. And by stronger, I don't mean we're just pushing things under the rug. We're becoming more in tune with what's mine, what's not. What's a thought, feeling, behavior that is creating constriction and pain and tightness and scarcity in my life? And what's a thought, feeling, action, or behavior that's creating that expansiveness and that compassion and that love? I've said before, I in my lifetime, I've never seen a, a country and really even the world so divided. But in, in a lot of ways, that's reflecting a lot of the inner division that so many of us feel. So many of us are fragmented within ourselves. We argue within ourselves and as within, so without. So I know all of you do your own inner work and I acknowledge you so deeply for that. And I'm so proud of you and just say, keep going. And this week, maybe watch those three things, attacking and judging yourself wanting to judge or even attack another, not, maybe not to their face, but behind their back. There's that kind of attack too, in terms of how someone is living their life. And three, when a judgment or attack comes your way, saying, okay, is there any truth in here? Is there any lesson in here? Is there anything I need to really take in? And if not, not take it personally. Well, really not take it personally under any conditions. And just know that the more of us that choose compassion and kindness. For ourselves and then for others, that becomes contagious too. Viruses aren't the only thing that are contagious. Our way of being, the emotions that we're in, our way of interacting with people, that's part of the shift, is that becomes contagious as well. And we can live in the physical world reality that we're dealing with. We can deal with viruses, pandemics, those kinds of things from a place. Of love and not from a place of fear. And it starts with each and every one of us. So, watch those three things this week: judging yourself, judging others, being judged by others. I have another awesome episode for you today, which I think so many of you are going to get so much out of. So, get ready for that. Maybe get out your notepad. I know a lot of you listen to these episodes more than once because there's so many personal takeaways that you get. And I just love and adore the vulnerability of all the callers. I mean, 273 people have willingly shared their life so personally on this show. And and very few people change their first name. That's the kind of honesty. That's the kind of vulnerability. That's the kind of willingness we have in this community. And I just, I just love and appreciate you all so, so, so much. And if you want to get on the wait list to be coached on the show, just go to christinehasler.com slash waitlist. A couple quick things before we dive in. First, we are enrolling for our Be the Queen program. This is for women who are wanting to call in their amazing man. For single women who are Done with being single. That chapter is complete. You learned what you needed to learn and you're ready to move into partnership. And it's even for women that maybe are in a relationship you're questioning or really not sure about where your current relationship stands and really want to do a lot of the inner and outer work to have that sacred union, to really have that conscious relationship. Because there's lots of different kinds of relationships, and I've outlined them in the show so many times, and I'm writing about them in my next book. There's those issue-based relationships, journeymates, fantasy-based compatibility partners, and then side-by-side partnership. And all of those relationships are great and you learn different things through each one. And I would have to say from personal experience going through each and every one of them, that side-by-side partnership is the bomb. (laughs) The two people that have done their inner work, of course, everybody brings baggage to a relationship, but maybe just some carry-on baggage, not like tons of checked luggage. And you know you're whole and complete. You're not looking for anyone else to fulfill you. And instead of looking at each other for things, you're really looking in the same direction. You're looking at your shared visions and values. And so if you want that kind of really epic relationship, apply for the program, christinehasser.com slash be the queen. We do limit the amount of women that we take. And this is my only program that's so niche. All my other programs, Mastery, Inner Child, they're really open to everyone. As I've said before, this one is specific because it's based on my experience, my personal experience as a heterosexual woman calling in a conscious man. And ladies, they are out there. They are out there. I'm meeting more and more and more. Kind of keep a little database of the men that I'm meeting so I can play matchmaker. The other thing I want to talk about, especially because holiday season is coming up is a favorite of mine for stylish, sustainable shoes and bags. That is Rothy's. So I love Rothy's. All their products are carefully crafted with eco-friendly materials like repurposed plastic water bottles and marine plastic. They've saved nearly 70 million bottles and turned them into beautiful shoes, handbags, and now, of course, face masks. They're incredibly comfortable with zero break in period thanks to their seamless knit-to-shape design. And it's no surprise that Rothy's best-selling shoe, the Point in Black, has nearly 3,000 perfect reviews. You can spread some holiday cheer by gifting someone else or cheering up yourself with Rothy's newest styles like winter-ready shoes, brand new bags and washable masks. I'm really excited that it's finally cold in Austin. It's like in the 40s today. Yay! So, I'm ready to wear my Rothys winter shoes, which is like so cool when you live in Texas. The first time you can put on jeans and any kind of winter shoes or boot, it's like, yeah, we finally moved into fall and winter. I love them. They're comfortable. There's really only a few brands of shoes that I wear because I value my feet, I value comfort any kind of uncomfortable shoe just doesn't feel good on my foot or my back but i also like to look stylish which is why i love rothys they come in an ever ranging array of colors prints and patterns and styles Plus, Rothys comes with free shipping and returns on eligible items so you can gift for yourself or others without worries. And another major bonus, they're fully machine washable. Every time you need a refresh, you can simply toss them in the washing machine. So check out all the amazing shoes, bags, and masks over at Rothys.com slash over. That's rothy dot slash over. Style and sustainability. Meet your new favorites. Head to Rothys.com over today. So, my session today is with Ron, who's just feeling uncomfortable in his own skin. So, as you are listening to this call, consider do you ever feel uncomfortable in your own skin? Are you chronologically an adult and keep up with your grown up responsibilities, but inside you don't feel like one? Are you mostly passive in your life except for those occasional moments you lose your temper? Did you get the love, attention, and affection you truly needed and deserve from your parents, especially your father? So keep those questions in mind as you listen to my session with Ron. Ron, welcome to the show. How can I help?
1: Hi, Christine. Thanks for having me on the show. I had some basic questions. I guess the first thing is that I don't really feel comfortable in my skin or with myself. I don't know why there's some self-hatred. I don't feel like an adult, even though I'm responsible and do all the things I'm supposed to as an adult, and I don't really feel like I belong. Mm -hmm. So I know that's kind of a lot to uh, lay on you all at once, but uh, I just want to know how I can improve some of those things and, and not feel that way.
0: Well, you're not alone. A lot of people feel that way. I have felt that way in the past, and I know a lot of our listeners feel that way. So please know you're not alone. Let me ask you some more questions if that's okay. Sure. You said you don't feel like an adult. What? How would you know if you felt like an adult? Like what does an adult feel like?
1: I guess you are not scared all the time. I'm I'm more fearful just of of most situations of of everything. That's just, I guess what I've seen growing up, my my parents just fearful of anything and everything, even now. So that's something desperately I want to change. But I guess one thing I find myself doing is I sneak eat a lot. and Sneak eat? Oh, sneak eat. Uh (laughs) So I'll like immerse myself in the pantry, close the doors and just look for things to eat. And I try to hide that eating from my wife. Mm. So an adult doesn't do things like that. An adult's not afraid of getting in trouble. And that's that's the basic thing. I, I'm afraid that I'm going to get in trouble. And mainly it's from my wife. Like Even if I do something that isn't really what she expected, say she wanted me to help um, prepare some food item and I don't do it quite the right way, that that's something I'm going to be afraid of. Uh-oh, I, I messed up. She She's going to not be happy.
0: Mm. Did you get in trouble a lot as a kid? I didn't
1: really get in trouble for things that I did. I would just get yelled at a lot. My dad was, he was very volatile, um, very, very bad temper. So I, I could just get yelled at for Nothing at all. I, I could mm-hmm. just be standing there, or I remember this one time I took out the garbage and I just put it on the side of the driveway that he usually didn't put it on, and he just yelled at me nonstop for that. Mm.
0: Mm. Well, it makes a lot of sense why you're fearful of most things today. I mean, you know why, right?
1: I do. i I guess that's just how I was how I've been trained.
0: Yep, um, exactly. It's how you've, been, how you've been trained, how you've been conditioned. So let me ask you, how have you tried to deal with this? Like when the fearfulness comes up or you find yourself sneak eating and you're lucky your pantry light stays on. When I go in the pantry and close the door, my light goes off. So unless I oh, brought okay. a flashlight <laughs> in there, I'd be in trouble. How do you deal with those things when they come up?
1: Usually I don't. I let the feeling and the emotion just kind of take over. And that's another issue that I don't really know how to effectively deal with it. Or if I try, I just kind of give up and throw it by the wayside after a while. It's not consistent.
0: So do you then distract yourself with work? Do you shame yourself? Like what tends to be the pattern? I, I shame myself.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, I I tell myself, oh, you're, you're, you're such a loser. And why are you doing this? And Mm -hmm.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, just, a lot of negative self-talk.
0: Yeah. It sounds like it. And your wife, is she, um, what's your relationship like with her and how is she with you? Uh,
1: She's really supportive and that's what I don't understand. She's very supportive. Our relationship is great, but I seem to have somehow replaced my father with her for, for some reason. And I don't understand why. So I guess all that fear and, um, authoritarian rule that I had from my father, I've sort of conveyed it onto my wife now. Mm -hmm. And I feel that she is that person, even though in reality she is not.
0: So she's not volatile. She doesn't yell at you. She doesn't shame you. No, no, no.
1: Mm-hmm. No, she just gets frustrated. And um, I guess whenever anybody expresses frustration or their tone changes, and I even slightly perceive it as them being upset, that's when I kind of just step back and kind of start withdrawing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, because that little boy gets triggered yeah. and goes into shame. So shame is so toxic And the way it impacts us all as humans is similar and different. How it impacts men is particularly detrimental to, to women as well. But I've seen it impact men in a way where you sort of lose touch with your masculine energy and become more passive in your life. Would you agree with that?
1: I totally agree it's I feel like basically i'm I'm just here for the sake of being here. Right. Um, I feel totally apathetic most times. yeah, don't really have the drive I used to. so it's it, before when I was younger, I had the drive, I had the motivation. I cared uh, about things, and as I've gotten further into adulthood, I just seem to be losing all of that.
0: What kind of things did you care about when you were young?
1: Well, I cared about, um, first of all, um, doing well in school, doing well at work, and just physical health, exercise, and, and I was really consistent and, and very good with all of that. And now the physical health is sort of wavering. I still do the exercise. I'm, I'm good with that, but um, just caring about work. And any other things really are are the issue. Even from my family, sometimes when I get into that mode, I just feel detached.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's like I'm just off at a distance, just watching the show and I'm not a part of it.
0: Yeah. So like I said, this is a very common thing. And as a man, especially growing up, you, you didn't have a good male role model. And generally with a volatile father, an abusive father, men will either go passive or hyper aggressive. They'll go to either extremes. And it seems like you went more passive. So they'll either become like the alpha dog and become aggressive and go into behavior like lashing out. Maybe it's fights, maybe it's womanizing, maybe it's criminal activity, those kinds of things, or they'll lash in. And that looks like emotional eating, eating in the pantry, you know, those types of things. So it's a very common father wound for men to have this degree of shame that goes in either direction. And I think because you had such hurt from your father's volatility, you were like, you you went lashing in. You went the passive route because you didn't want to be anything like your father. Does that make sense?
1: That, that does make sense. And I I also do think that there are instances where I do lash out as well. Mainly it's my temper. Like I'll get upset with the kids. Um, mm-hmm. if they're, if they're just yelling and making too much noise or, or just that they make a mess. Um, I, I don't, I always remember that they're just kids. And yep. especially now that they're at, at home um for school and they have no outlet that they're just expressing themselves and it's healthy and they need that but sometimes i just don't get that
0: yeah it's very common if, if a man goes more the passive way for there to be explosive explosions like a temper explosion because all that holding everything inside every once in a while will explode but generally yeah. it sounds like you you spend more time in apathy And passivity than you do in aggressive behavior. Would you agree with me on that? Yeah.
1: Definitely. I think at least 85%. Yeah.
0: So, my recommendation is, is for you to connect to your fire, for you to connect to your anger, for you to connect to your rage. And I know this sounds like an extreme suggestion. But when you really feel into it, when you think of yourself as a little boy and you look at the way your dad treated you and maybe the way your dad treated your mom, your siblings, if you had any, does it make you mad?
1: Um, I don't really think it, it does anymore.
0: Well, that's I, because you might've gone too far into the apathy, but I want you to just, just close your eyes for a moment. And I, I, I don't want you to feel any. I'm not trying to make you feel anything that you want to feel. Don't. I'm not trying to make you feel anything that you don't feel. However, I, I want to just see if I, we, if I'm headed in the right direction with you. So just close your eyes. And Ron, I want you to imagine yourself at. How do you have a son?
1: I, I do. A son how, and a daughter. How old's your son? He's 11.
0: Okay. So I want you to imagine yourself. Keep your eyes closed. I want you to imagine yourself at around age 10 or 11. And I want you to imagine you did something that upset your dad, or maybe you didn't even do anything. He just got mad and he went off and he's yelling. I want you to just look at that little 10 or 11 year old boy, same age as your son. What is he feeling as he's being yelled at, as this anger, aggression, volatile behavior is coming his direction. What is he feeling?
1: He's feeling really scared. He's Mm -hmm. feeling alone. He's feeling like there's something wrong with him. Nobody understands him. Mm -hmm.
0: Now I want you to imagine that's your son and somebody else is doing that to him. They're yelling at him. They're acting volatile. They're aggressive. They're scaring him. They're making him feel alone. They're making him feel like something's wrong with him. How do you feel about that person that's doing that to your son?
1: That makes me angry. I, mm-hmm. I just want to go after that person.
0: Exactly. Exactly. What would you want to do?
1: I, I wouldn't hit anyone, but I'd feel like hitting them. hmm
0: Mm-hmm. You'd probably raise your voice. You'd probably call him a few names. You'd probably say things like, You cannot talk to my son that way. What is wrong with you? He's just a boy.
1: Yeah, de- definitely. I-, I would be pretty
0: upset. Yeah. Yeah. So, can you see how when you tap into that and you use your own son to empathize with that 10 or 11 year old boy inside of you who is still you? Can you see that there's probably some anger there?
1: Yeah, I can I can actually feel it. Now I feel um, kind of butterflies in my stomach. Mm-hmm. I feel something. Yeah. For sure.
0: So let's go with that. If that feeling had words or if it could speak, if you could just get it out through words. There's no wrong expression here. What would you say? What would be the words?
1: I'm angry. This angry at myself for allowing life to just pass me by and not taking control of my life.
0: Well, let's not direct the anger at you yet. Let's see if we can direct the anger at where it needs to be directed, which is dad right now.
1: Okay. Um, Well, I guess I would be angry at the person who's saying those things to my son. Um, I I still have a hard time being angry at my my dad. Uh, I used to be, but I just don't feel anything now. When I think of my both my parents, I just don't feel anything now.
0: So the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is apathy. And the fact that you don't feel anything is an indicator to me that there's been so much pain that you've brushed under that you've just sort of numbed yourself. And that numbness is at the root cause of why you feel just blah about life in general and why you have no drive and no desire and why you're scared of everything. Because think of the the Papa Bear that came out when I painted that picture of your son. You felt that energy, that protective energy, right? I did. You've never done that for you. No. And that little boy inside of you, like if, if, and if I had more time with you and I could really take you back, I bet we could tap into the anger you have at your dad and maybe your mom, even for not protecting you. And I'm, again, I'm not trying to make you angry. What my intention here is to like help you start to feel again, help you get out of this like kind of black cloud that you feel like you're living under and this deadness that you're feeling inside. And oftentimes to get to those feelings of aliveness, we have to go into the anger and the rage that squelched our desire to feel in the first place. So can you see that the way that you were treated growing up, produced a lot of sadness, a lot of shame, a lot of anger that you could never express. Because I'm sure as a boy, there were times where you were angry at your dad, but because he was the father and you were the son, you couldn't lash out. You just took it.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I did. And then even on top of that, the following day or later the same day, I would be the one who would apologize, even though I was the one who got yelled at.
0: Yep. Yep. Can you start to feel, you're starting to feel a little of the frustration and anger now?
1: Uh, yeah, 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 a bit.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, from my point of view, Ron, the work here is opportunity here is to really do like get at that anger at dad. You can do that by, you know, doing some men's work, finding somebody that you can work with one on one. You can do that through reading through Expectation Hangover. Going through the temper tantrum technique. There's lots of ways to get at it. You can even just try to do it on your own by like spending some time on your own and just writing like a FU letter to your dad that you never mail, but that just starts to get the emotion out. But getting at this anger, getting at this rage, and underneath it, the sadness, and underneath that, the shame is the way out of this feeling of just like blah and heaviness and apathy with the occasional outburst of a temper. And part of the sneak eating too is because there's a part of you that is so craving to feel good and is so craving to feel something. And food is one of those things that creates a feeling. It gives us pleasure and soothing and it creates a dopamine response and that sneak eating is just that part of you that's looking to feel you just want to feel you're tired of being feeling dead you're tired of feeling like you're not living into your fullest potential you're you're tired of feeling like you aren't functioning like other quote unquote adults like you want to get out of this it's not, at least that sounds like it to me correct me if i'm wrong Hi.
1: Oh, I definitely do. Yeah. And I, I think you're absolutely right. I did have one question about letting the anger out. I, I have tried a, a few things, for instance, a punching bag. We've got a punching bag and I use that. But usually my, fe- my sessions don't last very long because mm-hmm. I just am not angry enough to, to mm-hmm. keep going. Um, sometimes I'll just drive around in the car around the block and I'll just like scream um, really loud and as long as I can. And I think that, that helped a bit, but again, it's something that I'm not consistent with. And now I'm at the point where I, I, just, I just do it for like a minute or two and I'm, I'm good. Right. I, I don't well, feel like doing it anymore.
0: Here's the thing. That's great and it's cathartic, but it's not emotional release work. Emotional release work involves words. It involves taking ourselves back to certain memories. Like the way I painted that picture for you of being 10 or 11 and having your dad yell at you, or we could go back to the garbage can situation and going with words to the punching bag and saying, you know, screw you, dad. I can't believe you did this. Like just hitting it and moving the energy is great because it's cathartic, but without attaching the words to it and the memories to it and letting the emotion move out And saying all the things that you never got to say as a kid, it's just catharsis. It's not really emotional processing. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I guess it does. Um, So I have to try to relive those memories either as myself as a child or with with a picture of my son in my head.
0: Well, it's not necessarily reliving because I don't want to take you back to the to the trauma. It's more imagining. Like a movie screen. I basically just connected you to your son to see if I could tap into your anger because I knew it was there and I just needed a way to tap into it. So, for the most part, I want you to leave your son out of it unless you sort of need a trigger to go into compassion for your own inner child. You know, often I'll use a little girl or somebody that I know if I'm having connect, trouble connecting to my own inner child. I'll get that picture, that image in my head, start to feel that emotion for that child, and then turn that onto myself. You know, so you can picture your son, okay. picture his innocence, but then like use that love and that compassion that you feel to turn it onto yourself and imagine the 10 or 11 year old little you. And then you don't necessarily relive the memories. It's almost like you take yourself back to a movie screen where you're seeing what's happening and you're connecting with that little one and giving them a voice. So it's not reliving reliving the memories because you're you're creating a different reality. Because if you were just reliving the memory, you'd feel disempowered, you'd feel shame, you'd feel sad because you didn't have a voice then. This is sort of bringing that feeling back and creating a new reality with it because this time you're speaking up and you're talking back and you're saying you can't talk to me like this and don't project your anger onto me and you're weak and you're just you're using your kids instead of like being the man you need to be you know it's like saying those kind of things that you never got to say does that make sense
1: that that does yeah
0: yeah but i think ron if you really start to specifically not just do catharsis but start to deal with the anger specifically at dad and maybe even mom for not protecting you like i said and start to do this emotional release work, you're going to f- start to feel again. And yeah, it might be anger and it might be sadness at first, but at least you're feeling and you're not going to need to go to the pantry to feel something. And yeah. then over time, then eventually you get to forgiveness and you start to reparent yourself and be that father to yourself that you never had. And this will make you a better parent to your own children as well but you've got to tap into your fire. And this is so important for all people, especially men. You've got to find your fire. You've got to find that warrior inside of you so that you start to feel again. And so that you start to care because that that warrior in you has been so just suppressed and stomped out that you're just kind of existing. There's no purpose. I know you love your children and your wife, but your fire and your purpose for life and your mission, that flame has just been blown out and you got to ignite it by tapping back into that fire.
1: Yeah, but, that's, so, that's so true. That's exactly, I think, the, the problem. That's exactly how I feel.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I know you mentioned some things that I can do to, to help, like the men's work, expectation hangover, um, mm-hmm. temper tantrum technique. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else I, I can do to sort of help me um, tap into that fire? And like um, would um, strength strength training help or absolutely. anything like
0: that? Absolutely. So I was just going to say like strength training will absolutely help anything that gets you into that warrior archetype. You know, maybe you want to learn how to shoot a bow and arrow, or maybe you want to, Something that like gives you that that strength and that confidence and that that power where you're really, you know, tapping more into that testosterone and that masculine energy of of like power. So yeah, strength training is good. Um even some forms of martial arts is good, like jujitsu is good. Um anything that's that's tactical that that stretches you that way. And then the other thing on the emotional processing side is the the letter writing and the journal writing, like getting it out that way as well. Oh. And just know that you're going to have to probably push yourself a little bit because apathy has become a coping mechanism. But I want you to not push yourself, Ron, with critical energy. I want you to push yourself with that loving masculine, you can do it energy. It's more like a coach energy, not a critical energy. It's like, come on, Ron. I believe in you. You got this. I know you don't feel like it, but we're going to do it. We're going to get out there. We're going to punch that bag. We're just going to do it for 20 minutes. Come on. We can do it. You want this. You want this. You want to get out of the apathy. You want to do this. I want you to find the inner coach voice, not the inner critic to pull you forward. That's key on this as well, because you're going to be resistant because the apathy pattern has been protective. But I don't want you to push yourself by criticizing yourself. It's not going to work.
1: Okay. That makes sense. That's a good way of looking at it. Inner coach. I like that. Yeah.
0: It's your inner coach. That masculine energy. Think of, did you play sports at all as a kid?
1: I I did. I played soccer and um, baseball.
0: Did you ever have a really good coach?
1: Um, Yeah. I had a couple. Yeah. They were very good. Very supportive.
0: Good. I want you to find those voices. Okay. Okay. Does this help?
1: That that does help. Yeah. I think uh, I I know what I have to do, but as you said, I think the apathy is going to take um some work to to get over. Yeah. But so I'm sure that once I get started.
0: you Got to find your fire. Yeah. And that's the anger. Don't be scared of your anger, you know, because your dad's anger was pretty scary. So you you know, you kind of have a love-hate relationship with anger. So just know that. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Okay, well, Thanks. Thank Ron. you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ron, for your vulnerability. This was definitely a step out of your comfort zone. This was definitely a step out of feeling numb and feeling like you don't belong, and it was a very, very, very adult move to sign up to be coached, to share so openly and vulnerably. I'm really, really proud of you. And I hope that you're proud of yourself because not only did you help yourself, but you helped so many people listening. Ron, so much of what you shared, I know thousands and thousands of people listening really relate to. And it's always wonderful to have men come on and share because one, other men listening, and I know there are a lot of men that listen, really relate to it. Two, it helps Women understand men better, and three, we all have an inner masculine and inner feminine. And whenever I speak to a man or coach a man, I realize, yeah, there are some differences in gender, and when it comes to the human condition, we're so similar. So let's talk about this call a little bit. Ron opened with saying he feels uncomfortable in his skin, not like an adult, and he really doesn't belong. And it was easy to figure out why. After he started sharing, he grew up in a very fear-based home. His parents were fearful of everything and his dad was very volatile. It's nearly impossible to come out of being raised in a fear-based home, having a volatile parent, never really feeling like you got their love, affection, approval, and just grow up and be totally fine and have no issues with it. I mean, I think that's nearly impossible based on Nearly 17 years of coaching people. So, I want Ron and anyone similar to understand that as much as you might intellectually want yourself to be different, until you go back and do a lot of this healing work and dive deep, you're going to find yourself in the pantry sneak eating or whatever your version of that is. And when Ron said, Well, I've really forgiven my dad, it's something I've gotten over. I know intellectually he might think that, and this is true for a lot of you too. You might think you've forgiven something because enough time has gone by or it doesn't really upset you as much. But if you're numb, if you're doing your version of sneak eating, if your life really isn't where you want it to be, maybe you've mentally, conceptually forgiven it, but in your unconscious mind, the inner child in your cells, in your body... It's still there. So there's more work to do. And often, you know being willing to forgive is the first step. So if you're there, that's awesome. Don't minimize it. But if you're not really living the life you want to be living, that's just feedback. It's just feedback that there's more work to do. There's no shame. No one needs more shame. You all have plenty of shame in your life. Don't need to shame yourself and be like, why can't I get over this? Welcome to the human experience. This inner child work. And those deep wounds, they're sometimes tough to get at because we bury them so deep and they're just so triggering. So for Ron, my coaching really was to get at the anger. And he said he wasn't angry at his dad, which is why I brought in his son. So he could have the experience of seeing a little boy who was treated like Ron was treated by his father. And he could find that anger because again, it's it's there. Otherwise, he wouldn't be feeling how he's feeling. And it's very, very common for men, especially when they grow up with wounding, especially the father wound, to either become hyper-aggressive like dad, if dad was volatile, or decide, I don't want to be like dad and go hyper-passive, except for those moments when they just pop and have an impatient anger outburst. And- I encourage you to go back and listen to my interview with Traver a few months ago on masculinity because he talks a lot about this polarity of going either hyper-aggressive or hyper-passive, or not even hyper, just aggressive or passive as a pattern. So Ron really went more the passive route, and that's why he's just feeling numb and depressed because he's disconnected from his fire. And he's now projected that approval need onto his wife, even though his wife, as he said, is very loving and kind to him, he's still seeking that approval. And I bet if I talked to his wife, she would want him to be more fiery and would say, you don't need to prove anything with me and would want him to be more emotionally available and less emotionally numb So the key for Ron is to get to his anger and underneath the anger has hurt. And he did a little bit of that, but just know everybody that hitting a bag or screaming in your car is cathartic. It's a release of energy and that's great. But unless you're really doing true emotional processing where you're visualizing that little one, you don't have to relive the memories, but you're visualizing that little one and expressing the feelings and the words from that place, It's just catharsis. It's not actual emotional processing. So really know the difference. And I know Ron really took the encouragement on, and I have faith in him that he is going to explore this. And it may take a little time because this stuff is buried deep, but I know he can do it just like I know all of you can do it. So some takeaways for you. If you aren't feeling like an adult, think about where you got frozen in childhood. Because a lot of us sort of freeze at a certain age, and even though we can do adulty things, mentally, psychologically, emotionally, we're frozen in time at a certain age. Next, do your emotional processing. I have a free anger release download from you from Expectation Hangover. I encourage you to get the whole book or join me for Mastery. But if that's not possible for you, I have this section on anger release downloaded for you. Just go to christinehauser.com/angerrelease if you find yourself sneak eating or whatever your version of sneak eating is, some kind of behavior that you do in the shadows that soothes you and gives you that momentary pleasure and escapism. And when you feel that urge to do it, just put one hand on your heart, one hand on your belly, connect with that little one inside and say, what do you need? What do you need? And if eating is a coping mechanism, I encourage you to go back and listen to my coach's corner with Samantha Skelly hungry for happiness. There's some great tips in there. And finally, just reconnect to that little one. Reconnect to that little one inside and give her or him a chance to finally express their feelings and be the parent to yourself that you never had. We also have another inner child workshop coming up in March. So stay tuned for that. If you really want to do that inner child work, that's available to you. And March seems like it's far away, but I promise it's not. (laughs) March is going to be here before we know it. All right, everyone, that is the show for today. Thank you so much for listening. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at Christinehassler.com.